1: <laughs> Red in the house. Is it really already April 11th? Spare me. Be still my heart. Yes, it's almost tax day in the U.S. I hope you're all behaving well. No comments from me. This is Read My Lips Radio. Cool conversations with creatives. And I have four really, really interesting and very diverse Creatives with me, I think I always do, Whether well, there are four tonight, and I can't wait to introduce them to you. But before we start the show, before we get going with my guests, I want to make sure that my guests help me welcome somebody who is a very special remote guest on the show every week. So on the count of three, I want you all to help me say, welcome, hello, L, L, L. Ready, everybody? Hello? One, two, three. Hello, L, L, L. That had to be Josh, my engineer. I think that was one of the best, Josh. I don't know if you can remember, but that was one of the best. LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener, and I'm still holding a fictitious GoFundMe campaign. Alma, you might be able to help me with this, to raise money for Laura to move from Whitestone, New York, to London, because then it would be lovely, lanky Laura legs our most loyal listener in London. Keenan, I think you can appreciate that. So anyway, Laura listens, and every night at 8.01 p.m., you could set your clock to it, set the train and the timetable for the airplane to it. She will email me, and she will give me a little synopsis of what each of you said on the show and how much she appreciated learning about your creativity. Very, very special lady. So here we are, as I say, It's the 11th, and it is, let's see now, it is the 101st day, I think, in 2022 of the Gregorian calendar. I always thank. I don't know whether to call him Greg or Greggy or Gregor, but his mother, whatever she called him, she raised a very good son because he gave us a calendar that we're still using, and I appreciate it. There were 264 days left in 2022. And it's the 15th Monday. I'm the only one who cares about that. But the reason I'm telling you there's 264 left is because if you're planning a big celebration for New Year's Eve 2023, you want to start preparing for it now. Keenan, I'm talking to you. If you want to start making Kahlua in the sink in the garage or you want to get the... Still out in the backyard and get something stronger going, or if you want to buy something very special from an online wine store, don't wait. Please don't wait. Now, the sign of the month is Aries from March 20th to April 21st. Is anybody on my show tonight an Aries birthday? Anybody? No? Okay, neither am I. I was just raising my hand as a demonstration there. Okay. Uh, Aries are creative, spontaneous, kind, passionate, confident, brave. They're risk-takers. They're courageous. They have a sense of adventure. They love to explore. They're determined, bold. They initiate new projects, and they're high energy. Does that apply to all of you? If it does, because it sure applies to me. I'm going to move over to Aries. I'm a Libra. Craig, does that apply to you? Do, yeah, Alma, yes, Kenan, Larry, for oh, yeah. sure, I know. So I think we're all honorary Aries tonight. I'm just going to say that. We'll talk about birthdays later. So I'm going to tell you now, first of all, guests, please. First of all, second of all, third of all, would you please wave hello to Facebook? Everybody say hello, Facebook. Come on.
2: Hello, Facebook. Hello, Facebook.
3: Facebook.
1: Is this a good-looking crew I've got here tonight? There you go. Facebook, hello. And we have some live viewers and listeners. We're also broadcasting live on the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio Live. And our special engineer tonight is Josh. He's back, and I'm so happy to welcome him. Back as my engineer on Monday. So let me do a quick introduction. I'm going to say your name and I'll read a little tiny bit about you. All I need for you to do is just wave hello and then I'll have you give a full three-minute explanation of everything you've done in your whole life. So I hope you're all ready for that. First up, we will be hearing in a moment from Keenan Johnston, J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N. There's Keenan. He is an actor. He's known for the Pine Tar Incident, Making of Tar Wars from 2017, and Blackmark in 2018. I think he's done some other work since, and he's a producer of the Hollywood from Home podcast, and you're all going to hear what a cool podcast that is. Kenan, I'm so happy to have you. Met you on the publicity summit a few weeks ago, and delighted you accepted my invitation. So welcome. Then we have Larry Grogan. Also met him on the summit. Larry, wave hello. He's the author of, and if you're on Facebook, you can see in the background, the book is A Tale T-A-I-L of Love, Life Lessons from Scrappy, a pet therapy dog, and Larry is also the founder of a private wealth management firm. But I think Larry is going to talk to us today about how real wealth comes from love and from caring and compassion. And he's going to talk about his life with Scrappy, who is no longer with us. So, Larry, delighted to have you. Thank you. Then we have Alma Robinson with us. I met her on a previous summit a while ago, and she she said to me a few minutes ago, April finally got here. Yes, it did. Alma Robinson is an attorney. She's the executive director of California Lawyers for the Arts. There's where the creativity comes in. And she's the recipient of the Michael Newton Award for Americans for the Arts. Alma, we are so happy and honored to have you here. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. And we have Craig Bergman. I didn't forget you, Craig. There you are in front of our, our yes, beautiful book, bookcase, everything behind you there. Craig was the second corporate officer of Applied Materials, Inc. He can tell us a little about that background. He co-founded several medical devices and Internet software companies. I'm a early woman in tech, Craig, so you and I probably have something in common there. And Craig is a lyricist. And a jazz and big band recording artist. And I'm not sure anybody else really knows about that. So we're gonna reveal that part of Craig Berkman tonight. So thank you all so much. Let's go around the table. Keenan Johnson, I'm putting you on full screen speaker view. Are you ready for ready for your close up, Mr. Johnson?
4: Oh yes, ma'am.
1: Okay. Oh uh, no, no, no ma'am, no ma'am, no ma'am. Call me red, just red. I red this, my this, friend. This cost a lot of money today, so just call me Red, okay? (laughs) We got to honor the Red and and a lot, not pain. Would you do me the honor, please, take about three minutes, Kenan. I'm putting you on speaker view. Would you kindly tell us more about how did you become an actor? What kinds of acting do you do? And I want to know all about your podcast. Three minutes. Kenan,
4: go. Yes, thanks, Red. Well, basically, I've been around the industry for a long time. Excuse me, dealing with the horse throat there. But uh, I have worked for entertainment law firms going back to Los Angeles in the 70s. But there's so much more to what the industry is, and it's easy to get caught up in the business end of it. I actually got out of there, went into teaching, and uh, have become, I immersed myself in Shakespeare, did a lot of summer stock Shakespeare. But the fact is, as creatives, I think it's very important that we give expression to deeper things. And I'm very interested in what Craig has done. I think Craig has touched on, he's got some legal background and that can seem dry and stuffy, but in fact, creativity and intellectual property and creating new things, very, very important. And to do that, you've got to be open to new things. So uh, my particular podcast is about how to get into the industry Uh, You can see on my IMDb page, I've been about 35 films around the world. I know producers and directors from around the world, but I got out of Hollywood early. And I think it's very important if you look at very successful people like Jeff Daniels, for example, Jeff Daniels does not live in Hollywood. He almost speaks against Hollywood. Uh, Jeff is based in Michigan, he's into the Michigan arts. I recommend you follow him. He's just a great actor. But the fact is, you don't have to go to Hollywood. I know too many friends who have wanted to get into the industry, even as an avocation. They give up their normal lives. They move down. They're hoping to be discovered. You don't have to do that. So my podcast gets into the step-by-step process right where you are to let your creativity come out and to find out how you can fit in and develop those skills. So it's be Hollywood from home podcast. You can download it. Uh, it's it's available everywhere. And if you go to my, my Facebook fan page, Kenan Johnston, the page, PM me, send me a PM and say, hey, give me those seven steps and I'll send you a one sheet, seven basic things you can do right where you are to get into the Hollywood industry.
1: Thank you, Keenan. We'll be giving out everybody's contact, their websites, and every place to find all of you at the end of the show. But I'm glad you did that. That's very, very interesting. Uh, In our world today, I think you all can agree on this. Look at how many people are working remotely. Who goes to an office? What's an office? What's a desk? What's a cubicle? Companies are grappling with bringing people back. Do you make them come to an office? What do we gain? What do we lose? And, you know, I'm talking about the, the era of COVID and the great resignation and the great, I don't want to go back to the office, but I want to keep my job era. So there's a lot to be said for not having to be there and not be considered square. Keenan. excuse the poem there, the rhyme. I didn't mean it. It just came out. It, I get around creatives. I get crazy. Thank you very much, Keenan. Let's move over to Larry Grogan. Larry, love to have you. I want you to, can you hold up a picture of Scrappy for our viewers, please? If you have one there on, on your book, I know. But tell us, take your three minutes and tell us what you do and how you got into this. Larry, welcome.
3: Well, thank you very much. And uh, I'll hold up the picture in a little bit. But uh, I'm actually an investment advisor. That's what I do every single day. But um, Scrappy and I moved to East Tennessee from upstate New York. We did that about 15 years ago. Moved here sight unseen. Had no idea what we were getting into. But one of the things that we wanted to do was just assimilate into the community a little bit better. And we learned that there's a beautiful children's hospital uh, very close by. They have a pet therapy program. And I just knew Scrappy would be a fabulous fit. So we went through the training, the certification, and uh, we were a frequent visitor to the Children's Hospital. And that's how we really got to know people and um, allowed us to um, meet friends, get to know the community a little bit better. Uh, the thing I loved about it the best was no one knew my name, they just knew me as Scrappy's dad. And, and for me, that was that was as good as it gets but it was just a wonderful thing and so unfortunately as you said scrappy passed away and when she did um, i turned to writing as my personal therapy it was just something i had to do and so i would write little notes i'd literally just tear off a corner of a paper write a little note put it with scrappy and those notes became letters those letters became uh, stories And it allowed me that opportunity to kind of grieve. I cried constantly, but it allowed me to reflect. And going through that reflection, um, I actually wrote the book. It was never my intention to write a book. It just happened over a two year period. And so uh, here we are. Now I'm at a phase where I want to create that legacy uh, for Scrappy and just tell people how great she was, and also encourage other people to become pet therapy teams. I'm Now I'm stepping out to be a pet therapy dog advocate, to share our experience with others, and to encourage other people to consider it.
1: Thank you, Larry. Uh, so many things come to mind when you were speaking, but number one, uh, it sounds like you were almost journaling, after you lost Scrappy, right? Journaling, the notes and the crying and the the tears and the grief. Um, I taught blogging at Blogging 101 at an adult ed class. And I did a lot of adult ed teaching when I was on Long Island and I had a student who started writing little vignettes. Uh, her her topic was Raging Against Aging. And she was very funny, very funny. And when, one day she, she realized she had written chapters of a book that was never intended to be a book. She put them together, self-published them, and put the book out there, all done by the little bits of blogs that she had done while she was my student and following the class. Very, very interesting Larry, what you didn't tell us, I don't believe I heard you say, was where did you meet Scrappy? Just briefly, how did Scrappy come into your life?
3: Well, Scrappy came into my life in upstate New York. I was dating someone who had a four-year-old son, and he was just too rough for Scrappy. Scrappy was five pounds, pounds—you know, four legs and five pounds, <laughs> and just a lot of fur in between, and so... Uh, When we stopped seeing each other, we both agreed that it was in everybody's best interest that Scrappy come with me. And so in that sense, she she was a rescue dog, not not in the traditional sense, but just in that situation.
1: You just inspired a lot of people, I think, (laughs) to rescue a dog from a mean kid. I'm sorry. (laughs) I encourage it. A new brand of rescue dog. (laughs) Decide when you break up with somebody who gets the puppy. Take the
3: dog. Take the be,
1: be humane about take the dog. That's right. Who, who's the humane person who gets the dog? Absolutely. Thank you very much, Larry. Alma Robinson, I'm putting you on speaker view. So happy to have you here. Tell us, who are you? What do you do? And what is this Americans for the Arts all about? Alma, welcome.
2: Hi there, Red. Thank you so much for having me today. have been looking forward to this for a while. Um, I run an organization called California Lawyers for the Arts. It's a statewide group that helps artists of all disciplines, visual artists, actors, writers, um, you name it, musicians, dancers, if they have legal issues. And it's interesting because sometimes people say, why do artists need lawyers? Well, artists need a lot of legal support actually, because sometimes they get their first contract and they don't have it reviewed. They sign it and they look up later and discover that the other party isn't doing what they're supposed to be doing and so and they're out of money perhaps or out of time and often they're out of they're out of energy they invest a lot of resources personal resources in getting that first project out there and if it doesn't go well it's a disaster so we have a mediation program as well as lawyer referrals to look over that first contract review it help people negotiate But if it doesn't, if if things do go astray, we suggest people use mediation and that is a very creative process as well. And I do wanna mention a couple of advocacy initiatives that we've been involved with, arts and environmental issues, arts and corrections. Um, In 2003, our state budget in California for the arts was decimated through some bad politics and uh, we worked on that for 10 years, trying to raise the value of the arts in public imagination. And it's something that we often take for granted in this country. I'm so happy that you have a program on creativity because that's what drives us. That's what makes us human. That animates our constitution is the right of expression, First Amendment. And so all of these aspects of our lives are wound up in a very unstated way, and people often don't appreciate artists. They don't appreciate the sacrifices that they're making and the real contributions that they're making, not just celebrities. Uh, we are celebrity, um, we, are, we are a culture that loves celebrities, but, but they don't just pop up out of the ground. They have training, they have the, in, the um, encouragement of their families. And so we need to do more of that in society We then started an arts and corrections program and measured the benefits of arts programs for people who are incarcerated, some of whom had never had any arts training in school. Another issue is lack of arts education in many school districts. And so we just help people discover their own creative potential. And now the state of California funds that program, $8 million a year, and we have since gone on to get funding from the National Endowment for the Arts for programs in five states. I've been working intensively recently with artists in Louisiana who want to implement arts programs in the parish jail in New Orleans. So, program has a lot of implications and we're having a lot of success with it.
1: Alma, I I don't think I've ever had anybody on my show since I started, Read My Lips has been around for years, but I started the creative focus just about two two or three years ago. I don't think I've anybody, had anybody express advocacy for the arts quite the way you did or quite as articulately as you did, and I appreciate what you're doing. So, Alma, thank you. Important. And I don't know if any of you remember, um, there was a song called, um, I'm trying to think of what, what song he was? Uh, quando, quando, quando. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. da da quando quando. Keena remembers quando. Uh, do you remember uh, A Room Without Windows? Do you remember uh, if I could rattle off... Irvin Drake was a friend of mine, and he was a composer who was not a household name. And he was trying to, years ago, I think he was president, not of ASCAP, but one of the big music organizations. And he, he was trying to get recognition for the fact that music is not free like air. And when somebody plays a song, somebody composed that. Somebody recorded that. And I'll tell you what he wrote that you may be surprised. He wrote When I was 17, it was a very good year. And he was a lovesick young man who had a thing for a 17-year-old college student who was a leggy redhead. And they went their separate ways. And he wrote the song as dedication to her. Well, they went their separate ways. And years later, they read each other's spouses' obituaries in the New York Times, and she called him up. I'll tell you about the song in a second, Craig. I'll get to you, but you got to let me share this because this is this is magical. She called him up and said, "Hello, Irv. This is Edith," and he said, "I remember you. They got married, and they were married for something like twenty-five years." But the point was that Frank Sinatra didn't record the original. Um, the, the, uh, Tom Dooley. The, the who are the boys who did "Tug"? Hang down your head, Tom it's Dooley. Still. The Kingston Trio recorded A bunch of people recorded it. When I was 17, it was a very good year. Frank Sinatra was driving home through the canyon. I, I'm sure we can figure out what canyon it was. And he was playing the song on the radio. And he heard it was a very good year. And he was about to go into a studio and do one of those 24-hour Charles Carroll TV specials. This is the way I was told the story. And he said... I want that song. And he recorded the song and sang it. Well, the sheet music flew off the shelves within twenty. This is way before internet kids. This is way before a cell phone. This is way before downloadable. What? The song became an overnight hit by Frank Sinatra. And I think he opened and closed the show with that song. So anyway, Urban Drake was a friend of mine and I counted him as a as a treasure in one of my as one of my friendships and he wrote a song for me when I hosted a telethon to raise money for a community fund so anyway so I appreciate Alma what you're doing long story thank you I love to get sidebars in here once so it brings up such good memories right Keenan Craig Berkman you have been a gentleman and a scholar you've been so patient with me Craig I'm putting you on speaker view would you please tell us I want to hear all about the big band era Craig welcome
5: Well, thank you, Red. Um, If I can just digress at the outset, I wanna give you an example of the arts and creativity that Alma's uh, activity has generated. There's a guy by the name of Mr. Baca. When he was incarcerated, he couldn't read or write. And if you look up his name today, he's one of the three most widely known Hispanic poets in the world. And his papers were just acquired by the Stanford University the alma mater where Alma went to law school. And so there's just one tangible example of the heart for people like Alma who reached out and touched uh, human beings in what I used, euphemistically call the gated community.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I'll have to look him up. That's an interesting story. So Craig talk to me about you. What's your involvement with the arts talent shows inside the gated community? I understand, but I yeah. really want to know what it was like to work with the Lionel Hampton Orchestra because they, I think they used to come and play in Great Neck at our Waterside Theater, somebody like that. So go ahead, Craig, talk to me.
5: Well, uh, we'll talk about Lionel, right? I guess, right from the get-go. I was singing at a bar mitzvah in um, Brookline, Massachusetts in the 1960s. And then this distinguished gentleman was there, and I didn't know him, and he didn't know me, but it turned out his head vocalist had laryngitis, and after I got through singing a couple of songs, he asked me how many songs I knew, and I said, well, I'm not sure. He says, well, look, if you if you're wanting to come down and meet with my piano player in my rhythm section, if you can put six or seven songs together, why don't you sing, and I'll pay you uh, three nights here in Boston while we're doing our performance, and so I, that led me to become a dear friend. And one of my most prized possessions is a record that he signed to my favorite, favorite singer, Craig from Lionel. And, uh, he used to say to me, he says, you know, for a white boy, you got a black butt. And I says, what does that mean? He says, that means, he says, that means you got rhythm. <laughs> so, uh, I had the privilege with, with Lionel to sing for the, uh, inaug- the second inaugural for uh, Nancy and, uh, Uh, Ronald Reagan. And I'll never forget the song. It was a song that a lot of people now associate with Nat King Cole and his daughter, Natalie, it was called unforgettable. Of course. Wow. Um, uh, But, um, I'm a person that's kind of overeducated beyond my intelligence, but, um, uh, life is really about relationships. And I was fortunate when I was going to law school at Berkeley in the sixties to meet a guy who was a chemist and, uh, he could sell snow to Eskimos on the colder state of Alaska. And he had a fundamental idea. And uh, he asked me, he says, uh, would you help me raise some money? Because I know nothing about business, but I'm pretty good at chemistry. And I said, well, I'm, I'm a law student. And he says, yeah, but I understand you passed business organization contracts, secured transactions, taxation, yada, yada, yada. So to make a long story short, we cobbled together $72,500 and we started a company called Applied Materials. And Applied Materials went public four years later. We have a market cap of over $100 billion. And without that invention, the, the the world of low cost, high quality electronics that people can afford from smartphones, you name it, would not have been possible. So to be part of that was a wonderful experience. After serving on active duty during the Vietnam conflict, uh, I went back to the Pacific Northwest where I was raised and got involved in the medical device world through some doctors. And to your point, Red, you know, innovation is really the the dynamic that's enabled the United States to basically enjoy the position that it has in the world. Um, Many, many people in many countries, no matter how bright they may be, they don't have the ability to take their innovation and make it a reality. Uh, there's a big notion, there's a big difference between a notion that becomes an idea that becomes Mm -hmm. either a company, a book, a play or a song. And, um, so I've had the privilege of being involved in the medical device world. And then I ran a private equity fund, uh, for a number of years, uh, we had a company called Supertracks, which was really the forerunner of iTunes that we sold to Apple, um, We had a company called GeoTrust, which became the hallmark of a company uh, that basically uh, secures uh, and gives confidence to people that people they're dealing with in a commercial transaction are really who they say they are, both on the buy-sell side. Uh, That's now part of VeriSign Corporation. And then uh, I've always gotten into the weeds on something. We had a company that automated the tax filings of companies. Most people don't realize that most international companies file a tax return every day somewhere. It's an excise tax return, yada, yada, yada. And it costs millions of dollars and we figured out a way to automate it. It was called Sabrix and uh, it's now part of Thomson Reuters. So that's a little bit what I've done. I also had the privilege of uh, hanging out with some of the people you've talked about. Uh, Frank Sinatra was an acquaintance, not a friend. Uh, he was married to Jane Wyman at one point, um, uh, or a new Jane Wyman, I should say. And, uh, um, I had a good friendship, um, uh, through the years with some close friends of his and was had the privilege of being at the Sands Hotel when that, that album that's, uh, still, uh, one of the signature albums of Mr. Sinatra was recorded by the Count Basie band and, uh, It was kind of fun hanging out with those guys. Last but not least, I wrote some lyrics to a tune called The Presidential Blues. (laughs) I woke up one morning, put on my voting shoes, went down to Tallahassee and caught those presidential blues. I got a butterfly ballot, didn't know quite what to do. First, I voted for Gore, then Bush. I'm not sure, are you? In minutes, those lawyers with their silver tongues, they'd done come to town. The U.S. Supreme Court said, no, the, the Florida Supreme Court said count them again, but the U.S. Supreme said stand down. Now, all across this nation, these presidential blues are going around. And only time is going to tell who's going to go down the man who wins or the man who's going to go down. Mercy mercy, 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 mercy. I've got those presidential blues Jim, from the tips of my voting fingers to the toes of my voting shoes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe later you'll sing a little bit for us, Craig. I would appreciate that. Thank you all. such interesting people. You're all creativity is coming out of your pores there's so much and and the point is well taken that we have the the privilege and the option of expressing creativity. We can learn how to do things we can share. Um, I just made a small. Art music video for World Art Day in celebration, a virtual celebration on, at the TV station on Long Island, New York, where I used to produce my TV shows. And I took, uh, I, I took photos. I have done over 200 paintings in the past two years in my home. My garage is an art gallery. My, I have stacks of paintings just sitting on the floor. I don't have any place to put them. I took photos close up, not of the frames, but of the actual art. And a friend of mine who was a self-taught, Craig, I think you'll get a kick out of this, self-taught digital musician, composer, performer, producer, whose music has already been used in movie scores and by Cirque du Soleil, he named a song after me and loaned me the privilege of the song, and I made a three-minute and eight-second Art music video with the Ken Burns effect in iMovie, meaning you're not just looking, Ken, I think you're not, I'm not just looking at, oh, there's a painting sitting on a wall. Isn't that cool? You're seeing it moving around uh-huh. the actual artwork While the video is moving, and I put in different transitions, some disappear, some bubble up, some go left, some go right, and his music is three minutes and eight seconds, and I'm happy to share that with all of you after the show if you want the link, Uh, but just so much fun that we have the privilege of doing this. Because we have the technology and or we just have, it's in our heart to do something, to put something together. Take a painting, take a piece of music, make something. So anyway, we, we could just go on and on and we're going to. But now is the part of the show. My goodness, it's half past already. Okay, that's because you're such interesting people. We're This is the part of the show where I've asked my guests to send me a quote from a fictional character in a movie or a TV show or a music lyric, something that somebody wrote, that expresses what they feel about creativity. So we're going to do this really fast, two minutes each, and let's see what we get. Keenan Johnston has sent us a quote from, oh, one of my favorite characters and actors. This is from Tony Shaloub, who played the character Monk. I loved, I adored that show. Have you seen The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Keenan?
4: Uh, no, actually, I haven't.
1: Oh my God, Tony Shalhoub is her father in in her. New York. You you will over the moon. It's Tony Shalhoub at Monk's best as a Jewish father, professor of linguistics. At, you you just. Will not believe Abe. Abe, you just won't believe Abe. You have to watch it. So anyway, here is the quote from Monk. He's instructing Stanley Tucci in How to Be Monk, American Comedy Drama Detective Mystery TV Series 2002 to 2009. If you haven't seen it, you have to see it. Here's the quote that you have picked. Let the room wash over you. Keenan, two minutes. Tell us what that has to do with creativity, please.
4: I really like it because he's really talking to a dear friend of his, Stanley Tucci. And Stanley Tucci now has been cast to play monk. But in real life, these guys are dear friends. And they work with each other very, very closely. And there is something about letting the room wash over you. Letting what's happening, being there right now, and weighing it in. If you recall in Monk, he has a procedure. And so he's explaining that procedure to Tucci. And he looks to him and he says, you have to let the room wash over you yep. but that's what we're doing every day in improv you can't go into improv ignorant of your room you have to know what's going on what is the dynamic of the room it's not just the little details it's the full orb expression of life so you have to let that wash over you and then savor that now you can start being creative And that's what good actors have to do. And obviously it's something that Stanley Tucci and I think they got a kick out Mm -hmm. of playing that because that's what actors do. Actors have to be improvisational. They have to fit in with the moment and they have to absorb and then lend themselves to that moment. So letting the room wash over you is really an important principle for creativity.
1: Thank you very much. Very telling and very appropriate and, and, I'm able to do a show with talking to creatives like you, and you're not all, well, you're an actor, but you're not all singers. Well, some of you are dancers and artists and photographers. So we're pulling creativity out of your pores on what you do, how it affects your life, but... Read the room. I was reading the room, Keenan, and the room was that people wanted to hear about creativity. I did. I wanted to go to the big room on Voice America, the Empowerment Channel, and, and on Facebook here and say to people, wouldn't you like to know how people are creative, who we don't normally label as creatives. What do they do? What's their passion? What is their talent? Right, Craig? Somebody who couldn't even read or write becomes a, a an applauded poet. Bring it out of people. That, those are the stories I want to tell on the show. So thank you very much, Kenan. And let's go to Larry Grogan. Larry has picked a quote with, with a word I'm not going to read on the air, but I will give you an, a, an idea. The quote is from the character Miles Dalby, played by Curtis Armstrong, speaking to Joel Goodson, played by Todd. The movie is Risky Business, 1983 American teen sex comedy film. No, I'm allowed to say that word. Uh, And here's the quote. Sometimes you got to say, what the f- Make your move, Joel. Every now and then saying what the f- Brings freedom. Freedom brings opportunity. And Joel says, yeah, I hope I didn't destroy that. Go ahead,
3: Larry, talk to me about the quote. (laughs) Not at all. I'm glad you did it that way. Thank you. (laughs) Now, you know, for me, number one, I'm pretty simple-minded. I don't get into a lot of deep context of most anything. But for me, that just really represents the fact that too many times we're told no. And that really stipends anybody's ability to progress, to be creative, whatever the situation might be. And it doesn't have to be, you know, writing a book or being an actor or actress, it can be in business. You know, sometimes people just say, no, that's a stupid idea. And I know that Craig can relate to that. And so you just have to say, forget it, go past it, go through that creative process and understand really what the potential is and what you can do with it.
1: Thank you very much. Absolutely. Just very interesting. We are told no so often, and and there are sayings among teachers, there's a thought that school kills kids' creativity. Children are born to play, right? They're They're taught to draw and to think and to sing and to dance and to ideate and to create. And we put them in school and we say, sit at that desk and draw in the lines and answer the question the way it's been posed. And hand your homework. Well, there's the good and the bad to that, but I would re- never forget, and I can't name her, but somebody very close to me in my life, I got a note home from a first grade teacher who said, your uh, is not drawing in the lines. She needs remedial drawing. And And this young person turned out to be a brilliant medical doctor who illustrated all of her biology notebooks And was painting the most beautiful, large acrylic paintings at the age of 13 and 14 that are still hanging in a certain very proud mom's house. So, so much for not drawing in the lines, you first grade teacher, you. Let's just leave that one go. Thank you very much. Let's go to Alma. Alma Robinson has sent us a quote from a song Jimi Hendrix song written by Bob Dylan, where there's a combination, Alma. Uh, Let me just read the line here. There must be some kind of way out of here, said the Joker to the thief. There's too much confusion. I can't get no relief. Alma, how'd you find this one? Talk to me.
2: Oh, Red, this is one of my favorite songs, All Along the Watchtower. And it animates my work in so many different ways because... You have to have vision. And every time you feel like you're trapped in a situation, you need to look over the gates and see what else is out there? Who's doing something that can be inspiring? How do you how do you get yourself out of one um, mixed-up situation and forge a path forward? So to me, this is, is very inspirational. I recently listened to a biography of Hendrix on uh, on Audible, and and just found his life story just so incredible. He had a really rough childhood, and the fact that he was able to become such a profound musician, so creative, um, was just really extraordinary and inspiring to me. So it's it's a song that I love, and I'm I'm glad you're sharing it.
1: Thank you. And I'm glad you shared it with me. I learned so much when I received these quotes. I do this on my business radio shows too, believe it or not. We could be talking about supply chain. We could be talking about industry 4.0, talking about creating new business models, talking about uh, data privacy, and everybody still sends me quotes from movies and TV characters. And that's how we back into the business topics. And that's my creative way of saying, I'm tired of quoting Churchill and Twain and... Darwin and Drucker can we have a little fun here please yes and we are let's go to Craig Bergman's quote this needs no introduction it's a quote from Annie the Broadway musical Craig do you want to sing the line or shall i butcher it myself
5: please red you go right ahead because
1: i, I... <laughs> the sun will come up tomorrow Bet your bottom dollar it's tomorrow. I hope I didn't kill that one too badly. Craig, rescue me, please. How'd you find it? Tomorrow, tomorrow, I love
5: you tomorrow. It's It's only only a
2: a day. day.
1: Always. we've never had a sing-along on this show josh must be riding the microphone saying holy crap what is she doing with her guy craig two minutes tell me how'd you pick this one and what does it have to do with creativity you're up well
5: for for the people who really get a lot of and most things in my view done in life the glass is half full rather than half empty and um you know Robert Frost who was a poet lawyer a laureate I should say years ago had a wonderful poem called the road not taken and the Kennedys used to quote it a lot uh, particularly Bobby Kennedy somewhere ages and ages hence two roads diverged in a wood and i i took the one least traveled by and that has made all the difference and if you look back at the creativity that men and women have exhibited. And for the most part, I think they were really motivated to help others because others were benefited more by it probably than them, even though they were involved in the creative process. And I'm gonna give you a a real life example uh, of something that's in, in, in the works, so to speak. But the last three weeks, we heard about the slap that went around the world. And two people, um, Denzel Washington and Tyler Perry, made a brief commentary about that. And uh, Alma will appreciate this. Uh, there's something called, through the years, called eubonics. <laughs> and, uh, but imagine somebody walking out with a T-shirt that says, is going to... It is, is is gone, G O N, cause, C O S, the letter U. And next to it is a picture of the thinker.
1: Rodin's the thinker, Le Penseur. Yes. It is going to cost you. Huh.
5: And um, a person like Denzel Washington and a Tyler Perry, through the observation that Mr. Washington made to his friend, Will Smith, after that incident happened, has the potential to start a whole movement that causes people to say, you know what? Let me try to engage my brain before I engage my tongue. It's gonna to cost you.
1: Yep, And Absolutely.
5: And uh, it also has the opportunity to bring an enormous amount of wisdom to millions of people, but also to be a form of redemption uh, for Mr. Smith, and in the process to remind all of us that you know we're sort of like the woman at the well. He's without sin, cast the first stone, yes. and uh, this this has an opportunity. I think, when we'll see what happens. Whether this this happens and it becomes a reality and what the ramifications are.
1: We will see. I'm not going to let you go any further into that because I don't want to get into politics, but your point is well taken. I see it as a distraction people needed because the world is in such... Such doo doo right now with what's going on on the other side of the world that we needed something to focus on, and I think it's time to move on. That's that's me talking. Now I want to. We only have my goodness, twelve minutes left, and we have so much to do, and I want to get one creativity. Thank you, Craig. I appreciated what you said. I did. I want to get one creativity statement out for each of you. I want to give you ninety seconds to explain it. So, Keenan, I'm looking at your number four, and I love this one. You say creativity is making mistakes, art is showing the good ones. Please, sir, explain that one. That's very, very interesting to me. What do you think?
4: Oh, well, that's, <clears throat> that's the basic rule of photography. And uh, when we used to burn a celluloid, you would burn a film. It got expensive. Everything has changed now, digital. And if you want to be a good photographer, you got to learn basic principles and then go out and use them and be creative And a lot of them are going to really suck if you, but that's okay. That's how we learn in everything. But in photography, the rule of thumb is burn as much film as you can only show the good ones, never show people the ones that are not properly framed or weren't properly done only show the good ones. And they'll tell you, wow. That's, is good. that
1: the money shot, Kenan? Is that what they call the money shot? The one that well, you actually that's,
4: that's a different rule of thumb. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. But the rule of thumb and just, I think, in any art is be yourself. Let yourself out. Don't hold yourself back. And you're going to make mistakes. Don't keep fixing yourself. Just move on. And then show. Show the best. Absolutely.
1: Thank you very much. I'm going to move on, Larry. I'm looking at statement number two. I'll read it for you. You don't need to look for it. Creativity is seeing what others may be limited in seeing. Larry, talk to me. Explain, please. Well, I think
3: you know, as a creative, you you've got to go through. You got to go through that wall. You got to see what's on the other side. You got to go around the corner without actually going around the corner, and that's allows you to have the perspective that most people simply cannot realize and um, so i think that's really what being a creative is all about is to be able to pick out those little details that most people simply are not either taking the time to do don't want to take the time to do or have the ability to do and that's what being creative is really all about to me
1: Thank you very much, Alma Robinson. I'm looking at statement number two. You say, as a lifelong student of history, I am quoting Alma, always seeing the present through the lens of the past and looking for opportunities to make a significant difference by not accepting the status quo. How does this relate to creativity, Alma?
2: Well, Red, you've really stumped me. I think I wrote that about four months ago. (laughs)
1: Oh just tell me what your take yes. on creativity is. Go go say, make something up. Go ahead, make something up. All right. <laughs> no. Let so, me read let me read your first statement. Maybe that'll spark you. Say creativity is a universal gift each of us has to solve problems and approach situations with our unique perspective. So why don't you go there? Okay?
2: Okay, thank you. Thank You're you. You're
1: welcome. Okay.
2: Um I think that my own training uh in fact I started Studying piano when I was five years old. My grandmother, who was a first cousin of Duke Ellington, uh, had music in her genes and they passed it on to all of our family. And so, music gives you the opportunity to work creatively with people, to be disciplined, to hear, to understand, and to take things to the next level in your own mind. So, I, I find that creativity is really a wonderful. A fountain for problem solving and for having uh, right relationships with people. And um, with, with uh, in terms of organizational work, uh, creativity is very important in collaborating. And as all of us have, have uh, exuded in different ways, have exemplified in different ways, um, making progress depends a lot on collaboration and so there's a wonderful element of creativity in that.
1: Thank you. Very well put. And Craig, we just, we're just not going to get to the holidays or the famous birthdays or anything because it's been such a good conversation. Craig, just quickly, you've already talked about this, but I want to give you your chance. 30 seconds on this, please, because we're almost ready to close. You say innovation in new technologies, products, and services is a hallmark of American ingenuity. Craig, you want to tell us about that briefly?
5: Well, why does the world love American jazz? <laughs> Why does the world love uh, so many things of America? It's again because of that creative environment that we have, um, the freedom of expression, uh, access to private capital to take an idea and make it into a reality, and to um, and to do it under the kind of quote unquote under the rule of law. And it's part of our culture. It's not just our politics or our government. It's our culture. Yes, Thank and uh, we are the shining. City on the hill.
1: And I'm going to give you an example of ingenuity that's an interesting one. Today is the birthday of a young lady named Michelle Fan. Phan, P-H-A-N. Anybody know her? Anybody ever heard of her? She's all of 35 years old. She is an American beauty YouTuber. Listen to this. She founded a multi million dollar cosmetics firm called EM Cosmetics. In 2005, she got a personal blog giving makeup tutorials to women. Okay. And she Got people asking her, "Can you give me instructions on how to do makeup?" So she started posting under her name Rice Bunny. Okay, I think she's Vietnamese, and she started uh, doing a a blog and a YouTube post on how to get Lady Gaga's eyes with that kind of makeup. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to read my notes here quickly. BuzzFeed features two of her featured two of her how to get Lady Gaga's eyes tutorials in 2009 and 2010. They went viral and brought her a million subscribers. A million subscribers. Okay, it gets better. In 2010, Lancome made her an offer to become their official video makeup artist after she featured their products in her videos, making her the company's first Vietnamese-American spokesperson. This is where I was going with this, Craig. Vietnamese-American spokesperson. In 2011, she co-founded My Glam, a monthly beauty product subscription service, became called Ipsy. It's a sponsor of the Generation Beauty Conference. She became a YouTube advertising partner and launched a whole multi-channel network In August of 2013, L'Oreal launched the new cosmetic line, EM, by her, dedicating it to her mother. In 2015, she bought L'Oreal's share of the cosmetic company, and she later acquired the company and relaunched it, and now it's her company. This is an immigrant to the United States who said, I want to show people how much fun makeup can be. I, I don't, I don't even know what her net worth is, but she's 35 years old today. So let's talk about creativity and ingenuity. Thank you, Michelle fan. And I hope you have a very, very happy birthday. We are just about out of time. I didn't get to half of the stuff, but you were all so interesting and I appreciate you. Let's go around the table. Where can people find you? I just need a website, not necessarily an email, but just a website and you can spell it out. So Keenan, where do you want people to find you, dear?
4: Oh, the easiest thing since we're on Facebook right now, <clears throat> go to Facebook, my fan page. Keenan Johnston, the page. And if you want to keep, PM me, ask me advice on easy steps to get into the industry, don't burn out doing it. Have fun. Have fun and be glad to let you know some of my tips.
1: There you go. And that's Kenan, Keenan, K E E N A N Johnston, J O H N S T O N T H E, the page, P A G E, on Facebook. Thank you, Keenan. Larry Grogan, where can people find out about you and Scrappy? Tell me.
3: Real simple, a tale of love, T A I L dot com, Facebook, Instagram, you'll find us.
1: A T A I L O F L O V E dot com and everywhere that you can spell that. Thank you, Alma Robinson. Where can people find you?
2: We are at California Lawyers for the Arts, C A L A W Y E R S F O R T H E A R T S dot org. C-A Lawyersforthearts.org.
1: Thank you very much. Craig, where can people find Mr. Berkman? Uh C Berkman
5: at free at last
1: F-R-E-E-A-T-L-A-S-T-C-O-A-L-I-T-I-O-N .org. dot org dot o-r-g there we go i just yeah. want to tell you all that this is april it's the month of stress awareness Aha. Uh-huh. canine fitness soft pretzels i know keenan it's the month of poetry fresh celery i don't know how it got its own month but it did it's a month of volunteer awareness financial literacy there we go jazz appreciation craig there you go month of jazz it's the month of pecans it's a month of gardens i wonder why and it's International Guitar Month. And today, in case anybody didn't celebrate, was National Walk Around Things Day. I don't know what that is. It was International carrot day and it was national cordon blue day so if i know i know uh tomorrow is licorice day grilled cheese sandwich day and alma this is for you tomorrow is international be kind to lawyers day wednesday (laughs) wednesday is peach cobbler day scrabble day and make lunch count day don't skip lunch thursday is national pecan day and ex-spouse day think about why you married them in the first place and then move on gardening day dolphin day and it's an um, international moment of laughter day on Thursday. So giggle. Friday is Rubber Eraser Day. It's also the start of Passover, my holiday. Mm -hmm. I'll be having a Seder. And it's also Good Friday, so the two holidays coincide this year. It's Take a Wild Guest Day. It's Glazed Spiral Ham Day. Saturday is Husband Appreciation Day, and I'm just about out of time. You'll have to look up the rest of the holidays on your own. I want to thank Josh, our engineer. He's busy, and he hasn't given me the one-minute sign, but I know what the clock looks like, so I know where to find it. So here is my call to action for the close of the show guest day on for just a minute. And we'll close after that. Life is short. Break the rules. I want everybody to nod up and down. Right, Alma? Right, Craig? Right, right Kenan? Right, 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 Larry? Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. Trust <laughs> me. Trust me on that. Just trust me. Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably. I want you all to laugh. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Larry, I'm sorry, Craig, you do better than that. Come on, Craig. (laughs) Ah, that's it. And uh, never, never regret anything that made you smile. And here are my final words. Work like you don't need the money because people don't care if we do. Just make it, live it, do your thing, okay? Dance like nobody's watching, but when I used to dance and teach hundreds of people how to do line dances and disco they watch. Trust me. Sing like nobody's listening. When I'm singing, don't listen. When Craig's singing, you can listen. Love like you've never been hurt, because damn, we all have. So just get over it and let your heart regrow, regenerate, find new love. It's possible. Money talks, chocolate sings. And last but not least, I stole this line. Thank you for turning me on. Radio Red saying, bye-bye. Bye, Facebook. Thank
0: Josh, you, are we done? Thank,
1: Thank you. Brandon. Thank you, Red. Thank you, Josh. Are we good?